Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. First, I have to say, Rachel, it's so nice to see you in my Zoom feed again. I we missed are you last back. week. I know. I missed you too. Rachel was on vacation, but we are back with another episode of Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And our housekeeping reminders, as always, email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. The coronation countdown is on. I think we're 16 days away today. I'm in denial, Roberta. It's coming up so, so fast. We have a jam-packed episode because we're catching up after a week off. So what are we chatting about today, Rachel? I feel like the biggest news that broke while I was on vacay was that Harry is in and Meghan is out for the coronation. We're going to talk about that. The coronation programs are here and the set list. The late Queen Elizabeth's birthday. I just, it's a milestone that I just, it's very it's a uh, tough one. emotional to think mm-hmm. about. A nail polish investigation, dun, 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 and much more coming up this week. But first, of course, we always leave time to sip on something while we're recording. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. And I actually did whip this up today. Woo-hoo, go a, you. It is a tribute to her late majesty, Queen Elizabeth II. Her favorite drink was rumored to be the gin and Dubonnet. And I did have Dubonnet in my fridge from the last time we made this. So it might be a little old, <laughs> like but it, it tastes fine. I don't feel like it goes bad. It probably doesn't. But while probably we're sitting... Probably gets finer with age. Yes, of course. While we're sipping, I need to hear about your vacation, Charleston. Give me the highlights, Rachel. I mean, it was amazing. I actually heard from some Roros that are in that area just saying that they love it so much. And I fully agree. I feel like the trip was very alligator centric for our family because that is Finn's obsession, but it was amazing. I mean, I just, I love it down there. I love the fried green tomatoes. That's something I always seek out. Charleston, that rainbow row. I go every time, but then just the beach and Kiowa was where we spent a lot of the time. Have you been Roberta? I have. I love Kiowa. Oh, I've never been. It's so relaxed. Love the vibe. So it was really nice. Yeah, I had a, oh. I had a great time. Well, I miss you so much. So, so I missed much. you too. I can't believe we didn't text. I feel like that was a really big effort that we made to give like the break um, you did to give me the vacation. And I was... <laughs> I was really in withdrawal. Well, I did send you some Instagram DMs, but I mostly held back. But we had Easter sightings. We had a lot happen. So we're going to go over some of that in this episode. And of course, the big coronation news. But we're also sipping with a aperitif, a little appetizer, an hors d'oeuvre. I don't know what to call this. This is uh, Walker Shortbread has these beautiful Queen Elizabeth tins that they just released. Yes, this is a perfect complement to the alcohol. But it's, yeah, they have two, a Queen Elizabeth Balmoral tin and then the Icon tin. So you guys can check it out. It's a royal bundle. You can get both on their website from Walker's. An interesting choice to not have Charles and Camilla on the I tin know, before the coronation. But, but I like I'm, the I'm commemoration. Yeah, yes. I want to see more Queen Elizabeth around this time as well. 
Yes. I'm not seeing a lot of her. All right. Our right. listener email. We got this amazing note from Amber. She's a self-described longtime listener and professional musician with an undergrad degree in choral conducting. She gave us the skinny or the scoop on the musical selections that have been chosen for the coronation itself. So we're going to, and we're going to talk more about the coronation concert coming up. So she said that she's overwhelmingly excited for a multitude of reasons about the coronation. Like her enthusiasm, like just dripped from this email. It was such a joy to read. I need to say that I love when our Roros have this like crossover between what we talk about and their professions. Because yes. this is when the enthusiasm reaches all time high. So go ahead, Amber. Okay, okay. So she has the best email. I broke it down as, into three points. I shortened it for the sake of the episode, but specifically the five newly commissioned pieces for the service. There's going to be 12 total at the coronation celebration. But she talked about how hard it is to get a premiere for these and funding. So it's really this amazing gift to the world that we're going to get to experience this new music. So thank you, Charles. It also will feature some female composers, bagpipes, music from the Greek Orthodox Church, which we know is a nod, a beautiful nod from Charles to his late father, Philip. This is significant because most of Queen Elizabeth's service was from older musicians and composers. So this is really a big shift that Charles has chosen. There's going to be a combination of new and old styles, Amber calls out, like the use of a music from of a film composer, Sarah Class, sung by Pretty Yende, a South African soprano beloved by the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. So I think Amber really calls out in her note the fact that there's going to be Commonwealth representation here. I love that. Also, a couple more quick details in her note that Amber mentions. Women and girls are going to feature in the sung portion of Charles's service. And this is significant because as far back, and we've seen it in so many performances we've watched on TV, it's typically only men and boys in choral presentations. This is tradition. So that has been a rule that's been relaxed only in the last couple of years. And finally, the conductor, Andrew Nethsika, I hope I'm saying his name right, Amber, two quotes, says, y'all, this is a slam dunk. He's a native Brit, father is from Sri Lanka, and he comes from a long line of organists and conductors. Amber writes that she had the chance to meet him when she was a doctoral student at the University of Texas at Austin. She says he is a gem. So anyways, I just wanted to share all this because it made me super pumped for what we're going to witness on the big day, May 6th. I will admit I was not excited about this, the musical compositions until Amber's note. And now I feel like there are such big, huge banner moments for the world of music. And so Amber, your excitement has rubbed off on us. Yeah, I can't wait. I really can't wait. We've also been getting a few emails about attending our listener meetup in London, which is coming up again so soon on Friday, May 5th at 5.30 p.m. at Joshua's Tavern at the Londoner Hotel. It's a great, cool gin bar, perfectly on brand for our Roros. Um, We really can't wait to meet so many of you there. And Amber's going to be there. Funnily enough, she sent us a note with her husband. Yeah, and I guess a couple other people have asked if plus ones are welcome. Yes, of course. Yeah, it's just kind of traveling with. Very Drop casual. in, yeah. Yeah, so we hope to see you there. All right, this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor was born to Prince Albert and Lady Elizabeth, a.k.a. the Duke and Duchess of York, at a townhome in Mayfair on April 21st, 1926. So the late Queen's birthday would be Friday of this week. She would have been 97 years old. Rachel, to put this in context for you, 1926, the first talkie movie, The Jazz Singer, had not yet come out. So there were silent movies only. Do you know Singing in the Rain is one of my favorites? I feel like it talks all about The Jazz Singer in that movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
So no TVs, not, uh, those weren't actually, until her father's coronation, those were not really very common in households. The average life expectancy, do you have a guess for what it is in 1926? I'm scared. I don't even want to guess. 50 years old. In the U.S., 50. Wow. The average life expectancy. The world's population was 1.8 billion. It hadn't even topped over two. We're now close to 8 billion, I believe, in the world. So we have quadrupled since 1926. Women in the UK were not allowed to vote yet. This is when Queen Elizabeth II was born as Princess Elizabeth. The news broadcast, which of course doesn't have sound, I had to, I searched all the archives to find the radio volts and couldn't find it, but the news broadcast is silent and I guess it would play in theaters before silent movies. But it calls Princess Elizabeth the fourth lady of the realm after her grandmother and her, uh, the Princess Royal, which was her aunt and then her mother. So she's the fourth lady of the realm that could one day be queen because a reminder in 1926, her uncle David, aka the future Edward VIII, was a party boy, a bachelor with many scandalous affairs. People weren't sure if he would settle down and have kids or have the heir. And so she might be the queen, which I thought for this time when she's not really, she's fourth in line to the throne, but there wasn't a good chance. It was pretty prescient of them. There's some memorable birthdays for Queen Elizabeth. We have, of course, I'm sure every birthday was memorable for her, but the 21st birthday speech from Cape Town where she pledged her life to service, her 50th birthday, she took portraits with a 12-year-old Prince Edward on the grounds of Windsor Castle. Those are really popular portraits and a, a short movie that they made as well. And then her 80th birthday, there were fireworks and dinner at Cube House, and I wanted to show you this picture. Oh, I just it opened it. The queen Harry. and a huge smiling, laughing William and Harry laughing and Zara Tyndall's there and a few other family members. But oh, what a snapshot. Look how dashing William is in that photo too. I know. <laughs> and was Harry like, in the tub. No, they are. They're all so young looking. Oh, gosh. So Aww. that's, I guess... 17 years ago now. Honorable mention this week also, Prince Louis is turning five on Sunday, April 23rd. I cannot wait to see hopefully a new picture of Prince Louis. Right as you said that, the traffic outside my apartment in Brooklyn, like a lot of horns beep, so they're very excited for (laughs) Prince Louis. (laughs) New York's excited. You did such, that was so interesting, Roberta. Thank you for that. I love the context of what the world was like. I know. I do like looking back because it is, it's just such a different, when you think about no TVs. And now we're just like carrying our cell phones everywhere we go. It's just such a, just not to take us on a tangent with this either. It's just that, um, the coronation, I think when we're over there, that's the part where we're so busy planning, right? We're like really in the thick. We're thinking about all the Royal details with the Royals we're so familiar with, but just the scope and history and what this moment means, you know, how long it's been since it's, since it happened. I, I feel like that's going to be something when we're there that we'll just have to kind of take a beat and really appreciate. I actually plan to rewatch all of the Queen's coronation at some point before we go over. Let's do it together on the plane. Yeah. Let, we could. People can like split our headphones our with our like, secret oh, plane plan okay. about, did, I, I feel like where we bought, you know, we did the plane thing, booking our flights, you guys, where we have the middle and aisle seat. Am I jinxing it? Should I not say anything? I'm hoping no one takes that. You might be jinxing oh, sorry, not the middle. Okay. We have the aisle and window seat. So that no one is in the middle, hopefully, because who would want to sit between Rachel and I? We'll just lean over and whisper hours. the whole time. Okay, I'm knocking on wood for us. Thank you. 
quick, quick thing that I came back from Charleston and look what was in my mailbox. Royal Mail. It's related to this royal history because oh. it's about the queen. Oh, my um, gosh. Air Mail. I was so stunned because I tell you this all the time, but whenever I write, I believe that every time I check my mail, there's going to be Royal Mail. And oh. I waited six months for this baby, maybe even eight months. But it's it's William and Catherine's note um, I wrote to them after Queen Elizabeth passed. And it's uh, their acknowledgement of that, which is just really nice. Oh, and it has the black really border nice. and everything. Yeah. So I think it's what we've seen on social media a lot. People have been getting those in the last couple of weeks, actually. But I like them. So on the front, there's the monogram of William. Yeah, the Catherine monogram is actually which is so really nice. beautiful. I'm holding and then it up what does the it Zoom. say on the inside? It has a picture of Queen Elizabeth and then what is it? Yeah, say? it's a longer note. It says the Prince and Princess of Wales would like to thank you for the kind words you sent following the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Their royal highnesses have been extremely touched by the very thoughtful messages of condolence that they have received during this time. They will deeply miss Her Majesty, who played such an important part of both of their lives, but mm. so appreciate your message, which has provided them with a great deal of comfort. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And was your note very long or how, how long? I try to write long and personal notes. I think that nice. it just makes me feel like I'm sending it for a purpose. But I, I yeah. do I do want to send it ahead of the coronation to Charles. And that does make checking the mail so much more fun when you might In get amongst the bills. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. right. Moving on. The week's royal rundown. Harry is going to the coronation. Meghan is not. We got uh-huh. this news that she will be staying in Montecito for Archie's fourth birthday the reports are that Harry is just going to attend the coronation and then fly home and be back to see his beloved birthday boy. Um, I did some sleuthing with flights because I just really wanted to understand this. Maybe this is not hard for other people, but I just needed to understand. So if he leaves the UK at 5 p.m. British time, he can land Pacific time at 8 p.m. If Isn't he leaves just, at 5, right? If he leaves at 5. Sure. Okay. But the coronation starts at 11 a.m. So I was trying to think, like, if he then races to the airport around 2, takes a 5 p.m. flight, he would be back by end of day. I bet he could get on, like, a 2 p.m. flight, Rachel. I feel I like know, he's going to be in I know, the jet lag is going to be crazy there. for him. Yeah. But I, I agree. I think he's doing it. I mean, the, the reports are also saying that he really struggled and went back and forth on this decision, but he ultimately wants to be there for his dad and that there was some coverage that there's been reconciliation conversations with Charles, nothing with William, again, taking all this with a grain of salt because we have no real truth or valid sources behind it. But it seems to underscore the fact that it's not a PR move for Harry to be there. It really is meaningful for him to support his dad. Yeah. I saw a lot of Rose point out too, that Megan's absence is somewhat empowering for her I think to be able to say no to what would surely be so much focus possibly press harassment possibly public harassment possibly and most likely cold shoulders by a lot of the royal family I think that it's really it shows you know her choice and her power in being able to say decline an invitation and also you know I don't know if you and Matt do this but to be able to just go to each other's families is like such a power move in a couple, I think, too, because you can say no to your in-laws if you feel like they've treated you badly. And that's absolutely that you should be able to. You shouldn't be forced into any situation you don't want to be. Yeah, I think that's how I'm interpreting it, too. I mean, she was invited. Not that your in-laws are bad. No. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. But it is. It's like you make the choice. You can divide and conquer and sort of support each other where you need some space here and there. But I think in Megan's case, too, it's I'm interpreting as a choice made by her with boundaries because we 
we were told that they were all invited, or at least Harry and Meghan were invited. I don't know about the kids. Um, I also like from the mom perspective, it is her son's fourth birthday. It's on the same day. I feel like it's significant too. So if you're going to choose toxic family relations, which that is the state of things for them, or my son's fourth birthday and balloons and cake and friends at home, it seems like a healthier choice for mental health reasons. Especially in light of all the lawsuits against all the papers, too, to be able to have the power to stop the clicks and stop the constant fodder that would be giving them so much ad revenue from this. I think, you know, that's a powerful choice for her. I keep saying powerful, but I feel like it, it's it really is. It's, it, it's, it's meaningful that she doesn't have to feed the constant PR and media monster. Yeah, because it's going whether she goes or not. Like, that's the thing. This is the focus. And I think there's been a lot of conversation about Charles is the main character in this, but somehow he's really not. And I mean, look at, I thought just the coverage of this news that she wasn't going, The Sun. Did you see that headline where it says, the king was there for you, so sad you can't be there for him? And it was the wedding day photo of Meghan and Charles. That's such horrific. a guilt trip. Yeah. And she's not going. Like, it's it's just so over the top when she's not there. So... Yeah, I am bummed. I mean, you and I talked about this a little bit offline, but just the lack of fashion and our enthusiasm and hope that she would be there because it would just inject some real excitement into the proceedings. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I'm really surprised by this move, especially in light of the titles for Prince Archie and Princess a little bit. I think that if they are going to be prince and princess of the realm, they should be at the coronation of the monarch. And I think that that's where I'm just so, and, and I would just love to see the kids. And so I'm personally just a little yeah, sad Yeah, I'm for disappointed. That. I know. Um, I did also see that it's reported that Harry will be staying at Frogmore and it'll be his final stay there wow. while he's in town. Okay, so concert news. Katy Perry is confirmed. Lionel Richie is confirmed. You know, we've got Take That is also confirmed, and Andrea Bocelli. So we've got some names. I'm super excited. I got to tell you, when I was in grad school, I used to drive around on Sundays with my best pal listening to Lionel Richie's Easy Like a Sunday Morning. That was like (laughs) a regular routine. We thought it was so fun and relaxing. So I can't wait to see him perform. Were you surprised by the American idleness of all of these? I was. <laughs> no. I also love all the jokes that, is Katy Perry going to sing California Girls? Great tune. I hope she does, oh, but I don't know what. Oh, my God. Oh, and one other thing. Did you see that? They're not revealing what it is, but Lionel said, I'm calling him Lionel, that um, <laughs> Charles has personally selected a very specific song from Lionel Richie, mm. and he's not revealing what it is, but so I was like looking at the, if you click the song list where it says song, these are like some of his 20 best, and I was like laughing at the titles because it's like Stuck on You or We Are the World, but there was Endless Love, but then there was one, what was it? Um, Hello, Is It Me You're Looking For? Like that would be hilarious if you <laughs> sing that and Charles walked out. I don't know. It could be really fun. Three times a lady, say you, say me, dancing on the ceiling. Dancing on the ceiling, another long. great choice. All night All long. All night would be really long. Fun. That would be great. Yes. Um, I also watched some of Take That. I went on YouTube and it's just ultimate British boy band from way back when. And it's super fun. So can't wait. Like I'm picturing NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. It is very much that. It's so just that we don't know we'll the tunes as well night. because we're US based. I with our boy guess band we love. should 
reveal now that you and I actually got tickets to the concert, which we're so excited about. So we will be there enjoying Katy Perry and Lionel Richie and take that and everyone else. And so we're really excited to be there at the concert. The stress is what the heck are we wearing? I know. That's our forever text chain at this point in time. There's 16 days out. There's so many things we have to figure out. It really is like you said the other week, BC and AC before coronation, after coronation. Yes. We are moving on to, and moving on, but flashing back to two weeks ago. So this is going to be a quick recap because I know Easter was a while ago at this point. It's like decades ago in our land because there's so much that has happened, but I do want to cover some of the highlights because we didn't get a chance to in our last episode. It was just that chat with Tessa Dunlop about her book. So the kids, it was lovely to see the kids on Easter, their coordinated outfits. The Waleses are number one at this for coordinating outfits for their kids. It just really is like a masterclass in sartorial fashion. It just was incredible. Louis Ty with the little bikes. I don't know if you saw that, Rachel. I actually don't think I saw that. I didn't zoom in enough on that. It was a in such a callback to his fourth birthday portraits where he was with the bike. So I, I loves the bike, that, that guy. Yes. yes. Does Finn have a bike? He doesn't. Actually, this was a conversation this week with my dad. He was like, How do you not have a bike from him? He scoots everywhere. But I was oh, like, he has a Oh man. Because when we were on Kiwa, everyone bikes. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I haven't. Oh, that's, the next that's thing. bad that's, for Bernie. You, tra- you need to have a bike. He needs to know how to ride. Bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, but speaking of Louis, I love Charles's pink shirt. Did you see that? That was a nice little flash of color. I enjoyed that. We'll give him that. We'll give him that. A few lows for me, though. Prince Andrew, of course, front and center. Is he going to be at the coronation? This is probably a sign that he will. The reception online in the media was not warm. So I just don't know how they're going to weather this this PR storm because it really is not a good look for him to be front and center at the coronation. Hopefully they realize that Camilla left early from the services, but she had an engagement to get to. I feel like they're trying to squeeze everything in before, but they're also now in Scotland for a little break, which is what Queen Elizabeth did before her coronation. She took like a week off and went to Scotland. So I think that's really nice for them. And she had to, you know, squeeze in that last event on Easter Sunday. Kate's nail polish was, I mean, this was the main Broke story. The internet, though. right? This was the main story. <laughs> People lost it. I I want to hear your thoughts first, Rachel, because I feel like this is not as controversial as people may it seem. There was a tweet that said something like, she brings shame on the royal family. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ladies, gents, like, hold on to your hats. <laughs> what what pain? Much. Who has done you so wrong that you're like this? Like, what pain have you endured that you need to say that? I'm so confused. It, it definitely differs from her usual light nudes and pinks in that she wore red nail polish. If you missed it, how could you? That's what happened. And I guess the queen did prefer SC ballet slippers is what her her hairdresser once revealed way back when. But it was never protocol. Like, I think that's the thing, if I had any reaction, is there have been so many clickbaity stories about the nail polish protocol, but it's not a protocol. And it's totally A-OK for them to wear a bright color. Well, and I think back to despair and how Charles and even Queen Elizabeth prefer Kate to wear her hair down for engagements. And I think about it might not be protocol, but it might be something that they really do say, like, we like it when you do this, which feels which is weird in this super day and age. 
creepy and weird. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I maybe like that Kate wore red nails as bottom Well, line. and maybe it's less weird coming from a grandma than a, like, you know, like if Queen Elizabeth is telling Kate, like, oh, I like it when you do this. But when it comes from Charles, it feels more like a, like, this is the law or something. I don't know. Maybe because he's king. I, I'm confused. No, and because he's a dude. Like, I just yeah, don't think Yeah, because he's he, a dude. Exactly. He can be like, don't wear red nail polish. And so, and maybe they, and we do know, actually, they were on vacation before this. And so she had, like, her red manicure with all of her vacation outfits and then just left I it I love on. just kind of yeah. going outside the lines. I think that it's super fun. And, and we didn't even talk about it. Diana did it all the time. Right. And Megan had the dark nail polish for that yeah. event. Yeah. One more piece of news for me is the scuttlebutt about William and Kate's lack of engagements recently. I did look. It has been quite a while. It's almost a month now since her last public engagement. This was March 21st when she had the business task force meeting. But I always hearken back to spare. I know I'm calling it out again for this. But Harry's defense of this, he said that, you know, the media criticized his brother and sister-in-law quite a bit. And this was so unfair that he criticized them because it wasn't in their power to really dictate what their schedules were. It was always up to Charles who controlled both of the brothers' schedule and ultimately who wanted more press. Yeah, because look what happened on Easter. I mean, I was going back and looking at those front pages. Kate was the main photo, even though the whole family was there. And some had a little tiny bubble with Charles and Camilla, but that's what was clear and spare was that uh, that report that comes out at the end of the year is a little bit based on BS. And I also, oh, yeah, the report of like who does the most engagements because it could be like, oh, they stopped by for lunch and that's an engagement. And then they like, you know, called them on Zoom and that's an engagement and all these things that they really are super competitive and weird with. And yeah. I do. I also think about how critical Harry was of William, but that he did come to his defense in this, which gives it even more weight in my mind that this was a serious point of contention. He said they are not lazy at all. This is something that I would never knock them for. So yeah. I just, I do see that. And we will see them this Thursday, which is when this episode comes out. The Waleses will be out in Birmingham for a full day of engagement. So yeah. And I do also a think it's a kind of self-preservation before a huge blitz with the coronation for them. Yeah. All right. What's going on? Should we hit the highs and lows? Let's hit it. It's time for the royal highs and lows. I will chime in with my low. This Royal Nika piece in the Sunday Times, it is wonderfully written. It's not that it... She has, I think she did a great job with it. It's that the subheads, one of the subheads is the other woman won the Game of Thrones. Ugh, the other woman. I also, whoa, when I saw that, I All of this is just such a reminder of Diana's absence and it really kind of breaks my heart to think about her in all of this. And I think even our coverage on the Instagram and things we haven't posted about her in a long time. It just feels like she's so absent in this run up to the coronation and Camilla being crowned. There was also the other subhead was that she was a lady boss. And I just hate that because a girl boss is so cringe and yeah. not a term that any of us want to use anymore. And also why not just boss? Why, why do you have boss? to say lady? Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. We need to hire you to write those. You're so good at that. You're it's full of contradictions too. I will say that there's a part where it says she'd never scheme for the title of queen. And then the other part is that she's the most canny operator in the palace. And she would make a great 16th century courtier because she's so 
mm. behind the scenes and canny. So I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. a really in-depth piece worth a read. Milo is no Fergie at the coronation. Did you see these headlines that yeah. she's not invited? That because she's no longer married, Fergie's also fully in acceptance of this. She's not going to be there. She's going to be at home having some coronation chicken with the corgis. I just am sad because I think it would have added some color and flair and unpredictability to the proceedings. And also just for Beatrice and Eugenie, it's a bummer. It's like, even though she's not married to Andrew, who is said to be attending, it's their mom. Like, she's a part of the family. And I feel like they're, seem, I mean, she still lives with everyone. So it feels weird to not include her. I would swap out Fergie for Andrew any day <laughs> yes, of the week. Like, yes. swap those invitations. We also know what her plans are. This when she told us during that talk we went to at the 92nd Street Y that she's going to be like, celebrating with tea and crumpets. Yeah. So, yes. All right. Speaking of Coronation Chicken, though, we got a Cory quiche, which is my high because although it looks disgusting, it is delicious. <laughs> I is love what quiche. Great British Bake Off judge Prue Leith said she tried it at Westminster Abbey. Prince Edward had an event there, the Duke of Edinburgh, and she got to try it. And Prue Leith says it's absolutely delicious. So I believe her, whatever Prue says. But what did goes. Paul Hollywood say about it? That's what I want to know. Oh, <laughs> We need to get we need to get his take. <laughs> need his hot take. I do love Prue. I love Prue. Uh, and there's no soggy bottoms, so <laughs> he, he, maybe he would get a handshake, Edward. Uh, Peter Hunt also said, "Let them eat quiche," which that wins. Well played, yeah. well played, Peter. I think again, just wrapping us up here. My high is all the coronation planning. It is such a joy to do this with you, Roberta. And I keep saying to my friends and family that Roberta and I are both equally Type A and trying to maximize this to the best of our abilities. And I feel like we're just the enthusiasm pours out of every meeting and we have so much fun planned. We're hopefully connecting with many of the guests that have been on this podcast. And that's just something that I cannot wait for. God bless the soul who sits between us in that middle seat. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to, if we're not talking, we're equally going to be streaming Royal content. We're just going to be watching all the movies, everything. We're watching the crowd. Screens are just black and white footage. Wearing tiaras. We won't go that far. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Just a reminder before we close, please leave us a royal review. We would love it. We love reading some of these reviews. This one is from Emily Ann Udell. She says, new listener and love the podcast. Succinct and organized, which is nice. Also sounds pretty unbiased so far, which I appreciate. Great job, ladies. We're so happy you think that. Please leave us a review. Only if you feel the same as Emily. <laughs> no, all reviews. We want all the feedback. But yes, five stars, five stars. Echo Uh All right. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram. Send us an email, info at gallerypodcast.com. Until next week, God God save save the the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.